Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Theology in the Raw. Today is going to be a different sort of podcast. Um, most of the time when I release an episode, it's usually me interviewing somebody else, or sometimes I'll do a solo podcast. This one is different. This is a recording of uh, my friend Ruslan interviewing me. Uh, I was actually down at a studio in uh, uh, North County, San Diego, uh, a couple weeks ago, and he interviewed me primarily on kind of uh, LGBTQ related stuff. Uh, we, we talked about my my um, forthcoming book, which releases tomorrow, actually, uh, called uh, Does the Bible Support Same-Sex Marriage? That was kind of a la- the launch point of our conversation. We got into lots of other stuff related to LGBTQ related questions. Um, so this podcast is a is a uh, is that recording? So it's Ruslan interviewing me. If you're not familiar with Ruslan, uh, you should be. He is a uh, widely popular YouTuber, uh, Christian uh, rapper, um, podcaster, and his his show is really really engaging. He does a great job both with the content production of it. He asks great questions. He's a great dialogue partner. I've really really enjoyed uh, following his show, and is really honored to be on his his show as a, as a guest. So I don't know how to introduce this. Please welcome to the show me or maybe Ruslan. Yeah, please welcome to the show for the first time Ruslan interviewing. Preston Sprinkle. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an amazing guest today. He is a New York Times bestseller. He might be the first New York Times bestseller (laughs) I've had in here. He is a um, doctor, but not the medical kind. And he is my... Uh, one-fourth Armenian brother, <laughs> all right? Without any further ado, we have Preston Sprinkles. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for being yeah. here. Uh, you've done a lot of work with this conversation around marriage, uh, pronouns, yeah, the whole bit, yeah. and uh, why? Why are you passionate <laughs> about this topic? And can you pull your mic just a bit? Yeah, yeah, bit yeah, closer? yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah. I, I would say I fell into it, into the conversation about a decade ago. And it was, it began as simply a, a, a scholarly pursuit. Like I just, I wanted to figure out what I believed about the topic, okay. uh, primarily and, and same marriage. And, and so I started just writing and researching and, you know, and that led me into like dialoguing with a lot of T people. And I, two things really quickly became kind of true in my journey. Number one, I, I, um, you know, grew up a conservative Christian and, and, but I've always like tried to, you know, take my beliefs back to the Bible and say, what does the Bible actually say? I don't want to just rely on my upbringing. I want to know for myself what the Bible says. Yeah. I want to weigh all the options. And when I did all that, I did end up landing really strongly on a, a traditional view of marriage yep. um, to some people's chagrin. They saw that I was being very open-minded and they're hoping I'd be affirming mm. and, and I uh, went the opposite direction. But, but then through that, I also saw that like, I think the church has done largely a pretty horrible job and how they've treated LGBT people. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, dozens and dozens of, of just really horror stories from LGBT people who grew up in the church and just had not, not just like a, a problem with the theological teaching of the church, but just relational stuff that I'm like, dude, that's just not Christian. You can hold yeah. to a traditional view and yes. also be kind and loving and, and walk with people. And um, so that just kind of led to this kind of like, me being passionate about being gracious and empathetic while holding to a traditional view of marriage. And some people say you, you can do one or the other. You can't do yeah. both. So I yeah. spent the last 10 years trying to, trying dis- to disprove both. that. Yeah, That's great. Yeah. Uh, a quote from Jackie Hill Perry, 
said that Preston's lived experience with the community along with the theological depth he holds Mm -hmm. makes this book a necessity regarding your last book, Does the Bible Support Same Mm -hmm. Marriage? What does she mean by your lived experience? It sounds like you've built a lot of bridges and have really connected with this. Is that kind of what what, what Jackie's getting at in this quote? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been good scholarly work on the topic, obviously. So I... I, um, and I, I, I would hope that I've contributed to that conversation as well in a healthy way. Um, but I think what hasn't been done as much as, you know, somebody who has, you know, a scholarly approach to the topic is doing research, who is also listening to stories and, 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 you know, walking with LGBT people and spending time and building friendships and stuff. So that's been kind of what I've done from day one is, is keep this, uh, keep this topic relational. Like I, I, anytime I even, because my natural default is uh, theology, right? Like I want to, mm-hmm. I want to go to the Bible. I want to do word studies. I want to win debates, and like that's that's my default. Mm-hmm. So to temper, not temper, but like maybe do that more holistically. I've had to uh, really make sure I'm I'm constantly in a relationship with LGBT people, so I don't just because mm-hmm. it'd be easy for me to just keep it as some topic to argue rather than mm-hmm. as the title of my last. book. It's easy to to dehu- dehumanize people very easy. when you forget yeah. that there's people. Yeah. Now, do you think that the people? are different from what some of us would say are the agendas by the activist. Cause, cause Michael, Dr. Michael Brown kind of hit me to that. And I was like, Oh, that's good. I never yeah. really thought about it that way. There's the people and this is their lived experience and they're mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. And yeah. some of them could even be like, look, I might be wrong on this in yeah. terms of the affirming crowd and that yeah. whole bit. But then there's like the visceral, like, yeah. Hey, you can't opt out of social studies for your first grader regarding yeah. our history, yeah. right? Like yeah. this is happening in Glendale right now where mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're keeping up with the protests, but they wouldn't allow the parents to opt out of uh, elementary school teaching uh, yeah. history and social studies around yeah. uh, gay pioneers. And I'm just kind of like, huh? Like, Was that when the Armenian crowd got Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying. You know how the like, Armenians yeah, no, I've been get around down, Armenians, bro. man. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't tell Armenians how to parent their kids. Right. No. And, so, <laughs> and so it's like I get the um, I get the desire yeah. to humanize, but then there seems to be a disconnect between the, yes. the, the humans and what seems to yes. be the policy yes. that is not always reflective of the humans. In 100%. 100% agree. In fact, I would say... In my experience, and this is, I guess, anecdotal, but based on, you know, a pretty large sample size, the overwhelming majority of actual LGBT people are not represented well based by the very loud activist types. I would say especially in the trans conversation, Mm -hmm. like the loud activists, the people you see on like, what is a woman, the Mm -hmm. documentary or, or, and and those people exist for sure. They're very loud, very influential. So I don't want to downplay the significance of some of the ideology and the pressure and the political, political stuff. But I would say for every 10 trans people I talk to, maybe one might have that kind of activist spirit. Some of them, most of them are just trying to, some are politically conservative. In fact, I've got several trans friends who are like registered Republicans or they don't even believe in same marriage or mm. they, um, they don't believe they were born in the wrong body. They like one of my good friends would say, I have a neurological disorder and I just got kind of screwed by nature. And I don't know why I had this and transitioning was a last ditch effort to, to like, um, survive in, in their point of view. Wow. Um, but they would turn around and say, I'm horrified at how all this ideology is, is being 
you know, pre- pressuring teenagers and all the teen stuff going yeah. on. And so there's just such a wide diversity of just real human experiences among actual LGBT people. Yeah. I would say in my experience, a small percentage of them would resonate with kind of that loud activist mm. spirit. Yeah. yeah. It it also seems like the folks who are um, engaging with Christians tend to be a bit more charitable, <laughs> right? Because if you're going to go and debate <laughs> yeah. or, or, or discuss yeah. or have dialogue, you're probably going to be yeah. a bit softer than the folks you know that are that are driving. Yeah. W- w- which is interesting because I think the one thing that the left does a great job, and I'm using the left in a very yeah, yeah, yeah. general, broad sense, is infiltrating institutions, mm-hmm. right? So you have folks in these institutions that are like able to impact policy mm-hmm. And and conservatives and Christians, like we're kind of busy doing this yeah. thing. And so that's awesome that you can engage with people. And again, yeah. they're not the same as the folks who've in, infiltrated the institutions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's true. Yeah, when it comes to the institutional level, uh, public schools, colleges, universities, it's, it is very far left. Yeah. It's especially in any kind of social science kind of mm-hmm. humanities area, you know, not so much maybe on the engineering departments, or whatever, but like. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, you go on a university campus and you could, I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to be very far yeah. left. Yeah. You know, I think that, that, and these are the people that are, you know, when they get out of these institutions, they're becoming influential people in, in policy and government and everything. Right. And, and so that's, yeah, I think that is, it ends up becoming a very one-sided yeah. issue. Yeah. 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 What do you, what do you think the biggest misconception the average Christian has about the average mm-hmm. person from the commu- from that community? Oh man, I that's that's almost impossible to answer. Um, I would say an assumption, kind of. I guess what we're kind of talking about. I mean, assumption that all or most LGBT people are like this, you mm. know. And then usually that perception is based on kind of whether they're, yeah, if if they're watching a lot of like conservative news, you know, then they're mm-hmm. they're going to usually highlight the extremes and. Mm-hmm. Again, like you watched, have you seen a documentary? What is a woman? Or um, so I've watched a lot of the clips, and I okay. keep starting it. Like when I put it on Facebook, uh, oh, yeah. Twitter. Yeah, me and my wife started it, and then like we just okay. did, 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 yeah. we didn't get into it because yeah. it was like like yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of okay. the this the good the good parts, if you will. Okay, you know? yeah. so so like that, like he, you know, he he uh, would highlight kind of some of these really extreme views that again are out there, and they are like you hear some people talking like, do people actually believe this? You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, mm-hmm. some people do, but. The majority don't. So to answer your question, I think the biggest misconception is that when a lot of Christians think about LGBT people, especially if they're not, if they don't have a lot of people in their life that are LGBT, they have kind of a one size fits all mm. perception. And then, you know? and, and that community is not a monolith. It's not a monolith. Yeah. Five hundred thousand, statistically, according to one survey, half a million gay and lesbian people believe in a traditional sexual ethic. <laughs> Wait, how? By traditional sexual ethic, you mean yeah, they're religious. They're mostly Christians, or maybe some might be. I don't know. So meaning, or, meaning they're against marriage. Yeah, what you, yeah. What they're same attracted, but they hold to a traditional view of marriage. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just talked to a, <laughs> just talked to a guy. He's he's a um, he's a therapist here in San Diego, and yeah. he said he's probably counseled. I think over three hundred. Yeah. People in this area alone that yeah. have a religious commitment, same attracted. And for mostly theological reasons, don't think it's right yeah. to act on it. So yeah, it um, it seems like there's a there's a tension that we have to hold between 
the institutional influences or the agenda, which yeah. I, that like even yeah, yeah. that sounds like we're about to throw on the yeah. Alex Jones, you know what I <laughs> mean? And talk about the frogs being turned gay and all that stuff, right? So there's like this tension that we have to hold between the like, the people influencing the institutions and writing the policy versus the average day-to-day person yeah. living their life. Yeah. And, and then to go deeper, the people who see this as this is just who I am, this is what I'm attracted to mm-hmm. versus the people that are saying, oh, and you need to affirm this yeah. as the same. And so if Christians, if we're not careful, we can slide into this like hyper paranoia yeah. that they're trying to get us, right? you yeah, know? Absolutely. And, and, I, and I have to say that there aren't, because there's definitely people that are trying to persuade, sure. yeah. but I don't know if it's as common as we perceive it to be. Right. I don't know if it's as like, they're coming for your kids, right. even though they those videos of them saying we're, we're you know we're here we're queer we're coming for your yeah, children. Yeah, right? There's yeah. those videos, but, but but what do you make of yeah. all of that tension? You know, yeah, that, that that's probably the hardest thing in the ministry that I do. I mean, that, this is my full time job is helping the church engage its conversation. So it's been interesting, um, and that, that that I think helping Christians understand that you've got a lot of people probably in your church that are wrestling with their sexuality or gender on some level that are scared to death to even talk about it. And they're sitting in your pew. So before you go and fight this policy or that, this, like let's focus first on like shepherding our people. Well, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's where, so there was a big survey done. It's, it's the same one that um, was by Andrew Marin back in about 10 years ago. Now mm-hmm. he did the largest uh, at that time, sociological study done on the religious background of LGBT people. Mm. It's published in a book called us versus us. Great mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. And that survey showed that uh, 83% of LGBT people were raised in the church. Wow. 83%. That's crazy. Whoa, that's a lot. by the time they turn 18, about 51% end up leaving. But the number, the main reasons why they say they left wasn't actually theological. It Mm -hmm. was all relational, you know? So all that to say, like, this whole, like, it's that, those people out there, and then we're the church in here. And Mm -hmm. people even talk about gay people as if that's synonymous with, like, a raging atheist who hates Christianity or something. It's like, it's just, it's way more, that person does exist, yeah. but there's a lot more diversity within that community. Yeah, that's good. What do you think from your conversations, the LGBTQ community's biggest misconception of Christians? Yeah. Is? Yeah. That, that, that one's equally interesting. I think they think all Christians are like aggressively homophobic, homophobic, transphobic, uh, like, um, are into like conversion therapy Mm. are, uh, all Christian parents will kick their kid out of the house if they come out as gay. Mm. And I, those stories exist for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. And those people exist and it's, it's not a tiny number either, but in my experience, the overwhelming majority of Christians that I, at least I talk to that hold to a traditional sexual ethic, they're, they're, they've got huge hearts for um, gay and lesbian people. Mm-hmm. And and when their kid comes out, they actually have responded relatively well, or they might do unintentional things that maybe are hurtful, but not intentional. Um, in fact, there's a story. Um, yeah. I, I might not tell it exactly. So I'll, I'll say the name, but it was a college president in California, Christian college president who was building a relationship with a gay activist, like mm-hmm. a lobbyist trying to like, like one of those activists that mm-hmm. was the aggressive type. Yeah. Right. Yeah built a relationship and man, I, I, he really broke through to him, but he says, Hey, why don't you come visit, visit our campus? Mm-hmm. And the guy was scared to death because he thought 
literally, he thought that if he goes on a Christian college campus, mm-hmm. Christians would be literally throwing rocks at him, mm. trying to like beat him up with bats and stuff. Like wow. he really, so he was actually scared for his life. Wow. But the president's like, just come check it out. Yeah. And this is like college students, dude. Yeah. They're like, you're gay, so what? Like, yeah. you know, it's not a big deal, you know? Right. And like, so he came on campus and he was so utterly shocked that people were kind to him. They were just nice. They just didn't, yeah. they kind of yawned when they found out, oh, so he's a gay lobbyist, whatever. Like, oh, great, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. what's your name? What, what's your, right. what's right. your favorite food, you know? Right, like, right, right, right. Um, so I think that, 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 that misperception to all Christians are this, you know, just kind of Westboro Baptist mm-hmm. types, you know, like mm-hmm. they're just aggressively after gay and lesbian people. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, I, <laughs> The folks in my life that are uh, from that community that I've been close with, I, I, we don't sit down and like talk about their li- love life. Hmm. Like we don't sit down and debate these things. Huh. You know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. like if they ask, I'll, t- I'll tell them what I think. Yeah, which is what the Bible says. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if they, but if they don't ask, like I'm not like prying, and you know, it's 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 always it's more so about extending dignity and, and, yeah. and just having relationship with, with the mm-hmm. person, you know? And, yeah. and then I think, I think there's a desire for representation on, on both ends. Like I think Christians mm-hmm. want a, a healthier representation in those circles. Yeah. And I bet they would want a healthier representations amongst Christians mm-hmm. and, and how to navigate that. Um, so it's, it's interesting as I yeah. just kind of, I'm reflecting on that in my own life and how, hmm. how there's, we 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 our brains naturally go to the most extreme mm-hmm. caricature mm-hmm. of the other side. Yeah, you know, instead of like, well, wait a minute, no, no, no. What's the average person like? Right. Does the average is the average person who's from this community going to be the guy that forces you to make the cake, right? Or forces you to make the website, you know? Or yeah. is that a, a, a smaller percentage? That's trying to make an example yeah. because you know. I think it's a smaller. Do you, I mean? Do you, do you think it's? I think it's a lot smaller. Percentage. I think it's a smaller. I, mean, I don't have data on that. Yeah, for my experience, I would guess it. But it's an, obviously mm-hmm. anecdotal. Do you think it's uh, the like? What do you think is feeding these kind of extreme assumptions on both sides? Is it the polarized kind of way that news media is done these days, or like people believing? extreme stories and thinking that's a norm or where do you think that comes from or just lack of relationship with people on the other side? I think that's probably first is mm-hmm. lack of relationship and mm-hmm. lack of knowing people. And then I would say there's the convergence of different kind of worldviews and mm-hmm. how those worldviews are articulated, you know? And, and then I would say, yeah, I would say the media is definitely playing a huge role in, yeah. I think language, like language, for example, right? Like, taking the word violence and oh, yeah. changing it to mm. mean something that it doesn't mean anymore. Like what? Like verbal violence? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like violence against LGBTQ right. bodies. Huh. I don't right. know of a lot of violence happening against anyone's bodies. Right. You know, like, yeah. like it's such a rare, but we'll take language and we'll change it. Mm-hmm. Genocide. Yeah. Right. We'll say language will change and then it can just kind of mean whatever you want it to mean. And I think that can can then then you're gonna have a uh, you're just going to have an overcorrection on both sides. Even being huh. told you're 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 you have a phobia. Yeah. My wife has a real phobia of animals. Really? Huh. Okay. The other day, she was outside uh, walking something to the recycling, and the neighbor's dog 
the neighbor yeah. came across to say like, oh, your recycling's full. Like, let me know if you want to use mine. And so as she's coming across, her dog runs over. Yeah. And my wife jumps on the hood of her car. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and my, my little two-year-old sees it, and she's like laughing at mommy, right? That's a real yeah. phobia. Like a real yeah, phobia yeah. where your body. And so even taking yeah. language like phobia, that's a phobia. You have a phobia. I, you know, like it, it, it instantly otherizes. Trauma, the, violence. I mean, these are words. Yeah. Like, so... Yeah, I mean, we're yeah, you brought up genocide, so both of us have you, you more than a lot more than me, but some some historical connection to the Armenian genocide. Like people have been through actual violence, or so we have friends that are that came over from America uh, on the wake of the Rwandan genocide. Mm -hmm. um, they've been through trauma, right? Mm -hmm. They've experienced excessive violence. Mm -hmm. So if that same word that's used to describe that is now being used to describe you know, for instance, if I give a talk and and show what that the Bible teaches that marriage is between a man and a woman, mm -hmm. I get accused of violence. Mm -hmm. We need a different word because those yeah. are two very different experiences. Very it's almost, different. it's almost, isn't? I mean, isn't it kind of yeah. insulting to the person that has yeah. been through an actual genocide? Yeah. That yeah. wait, you're comparing my situation with what you went through, hearing right. a viewpoint you disagree with. Or? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to speak on behalf of other groups but i have black friends that have said this like mm. hey don't 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 conflate this to mm. civil rights like right. they're not the same thing but i i can only come i can only talk about from my experiences like i was with my dad last night and we were talking about the pogroms of baku which is the reason why we came out here and mm. so i'm armenian but we grew up in azerbaijan which turkey azerbaijan is all kind of used to be yeah. the armenian kingdom and what happened was there was Arzis that came back from Armenia saying that they were refugees and they were kicked out. And so as a response to that, the Arzis in Azerbaijan wanted to pull push all the Armenians out. Mm. And the Soviet Union gave all these regions autonomy, like they're, they're like autonomous, like you're kind of like, it's like a nation state. And so by giving them this autonomous nature, they were allowed to mass export you know, yeah. tons of Armenians from Azerbaijan, from Baku, wow. which is where I'm from. Yeah. And my dad uh, was telling me that they had to borrow, because again, the average Armenian and Arzi were, were friends, yeah. right? All in the same neighborhoods. My dad said they had to borrow their friends' police uniforms to get his, his dad and some other family members mm -hmm. and put them in police uniforms and walk them through as they're trying to get to the train to get out of Baku. Mm. And in the process, they're talking Arzi instead of Russian or Armenian to, to wow. and, and he said, they're witnessing people get beat and, and killed and all this kind of stuff. Like, that's a genocide. That's a, like that's a, that's an yeah, attempt yeah, of a yeah, genocide. Yeah. You're, you're pushing, I don't know how many of us left Baku. Mm. So when I hear language, like, yeah. you know, yeah. like you, the, the qual the qualifier is like, do you think, children should be allowed to get uh puberty blockers right and i'm like no you're you're transphobic that's genocidal i'm like <laughs> no stop like that's <laughs> what, what are we talking about like that's not the same thing and yeah. so i yeah so i think that would frustrate anyone like i think mm -hmm. if because then it becomes an overcorrection because i'm right. like you guys are nuts like this is crazy right but again but it's hard to articulate that without coming across as you're now dehumanizing the whole group versus right. I have an issue with that ideology. Right. I have an issue with an ideology that takes words and makes them mean mm -hmm. something else. To your point, mm -hmm. has the church been fair 
to uh, LGBTQ people? Probably not. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. probably haven't on the been, whole, on they the haven't whole, been yeah. the most gracious. Probably haven't been the most charitable. We, we we've probably looked the other way when we know that there are people who are sleeping with their girlfriends, mm-hmm. living together, mm-hmm. yeah. um, looking at porn, mm-hmm. being sexually immoral in every other which way. Yeah. But when it came to this issue, the churches probably came down really hard on on this mm-hmm. thing. So like, yeah. yes, there's been some double standards in yeah. this in this regard. Um, but and so yeah, so I just I just feel like we are then just not we're talking past each other. Yeah. It's a kind of a conversation stopper when the other person's accused of being violent or transphobic yeah, it's like yeah. there's, there's or, no or, or a groomer or a gr- or you know yeah, when you yeah, come out and you're like right. groomer like whoa that's right. a that's a serious accusation right because you don't you don't engage in a f- good faith dialogue with somebody who is an actual groomer or something mm-hmm. right it's just it ends the conversation right. so the, i mean it seems to be getting worse do you think it's going to get better i mean you can't you can't keep throwing around all these huge terms and accusations and and it's got to level out don't you think or i mean or it's just going to keep getting more and more polarized um I think I, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Before it gets better, <laughs> and what's probably going to happen is through the election. I think it's going to get yeah. worse. I think all this is going to get oh, more, yeah. more and more and more and more polarized, and then I think we'll probably I don't know level out somehow. I don't know how you mm. know, but and I think you might see migration. I think you might see people move. Hmm. You know, hey, if you're about this and you know you you want to transit, you want your kid to transition, like you're gonna have to figure out a way to get out of Texas mm-hmm. or right. get out of Florida. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna get you know, and same thing for people in California. Like if I if we start finding out like our tax dollars are going towards, mm-hmm. you know, injecting kids with puberty blockers, like oh, yeah. like how do we, you know, how do you yeah. navigate that conversation? I th- so I in I think some of the extreme uh, ideologies in s- specifically in the trans conversation as it relates to youth. I think are going to be the thing that um, will end up. I don't want to say cannibalizing the the. What do I want to say? I, I think I think it's gotten too far out of hand, and you know it has when most older gay and lesbian people are like, "We're not into this. Like mm. this is not." And <laughs> and in a lot of European countries, which are more progressive than mm-hmm. we are, mm-hmm. they're rethinking it all because they've had a good number of uh, females who were like in their opinion, were rushed through transitioning mm-hmm. as a teenager and now paying the lifelong effects of that as mm-hmm. young 20-something. And we keep having these cases come up. There was a big one a couple of years ago in the UK that mm-hmm. what, they actually won. Like mm-hmm. they actually now lifted or they raised the age of puberty blockers because of this case because mm-hmm. she sued the, the, I think the Royal Court and won. Mm-hmm. And so the whole gender like conversations is is – now, like it's been kicked up so much. Now they're rethinking a lot of things. Same thing in Scandinavian countries, which are very progressive. They're rethinking mm. a lot of things. So I think it's just a matter of time, especially, I mean, money talks. I mean, you get enough lawsuits where people mm-hmm. are getting sued for mm-hmm. engaging in surgeries that they probably shouldn't have done yeah. to, on teenagers. Um, so I, I think my prophetic prediction, please don't t- take this with a grain of salt. I, I think in the next two to Four, two to five years, there's going to be yeah. a scaling back on some of the extreme. Yeah, extreme I, I think it'll come down to how how common is detransitioning become. Yeah, which is that, yeah. If that if that's because right now the data they have is they're saying oh it's like one percent. Yeah, you know, which is like it's 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 it seems like more than that. It's way it's you way, know yeah. And so, but <laughs> if it gets to like fifty percent, forty percent, you know, I think that's when people will be like, okay, like yeah. we we kind of overdid it on yeah. this on yeah, this yeah. whole thing. And and it's 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 so bizarre because it's all coming from a desire to be empathetic and to mm-hmm. 
uh, extend dignity and all this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like inverted. It's like yeah. an inverted virtue that's yeah. sort of like it's like quasi Christian almost. If I was a steel man, so I'm with you and we can even talk more about this, but you know, the, 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 some of the, the trans conversation as it pertains to youth and medical or hormonal, hormonal, hormonally transitioning. Like, I think that's what makes me the most nervous. Like mm-hmm. I'm very much not on board with that. Um, and, um, yeah, but I think, um, yeah, I think that, I think that youth, com- the youth aspect of this is going to change kind of the nature of, of the conversation. Um, but I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Um, so you, I believe at some point came out on pronouns <laughs> and that was controversial and someone wrote an <laughs> yeah. article. I, I covered, it. I don't remember who it was. So, so, so forgive uh, me yeah. for not knowing the name, but some lady wrote an article yeah, and yeah, came yeah. down and said, Christians who use pronoun, like they basically were like trampling on the blood of Christ. Is yeah, one of the phrases. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. You know, that's a, that's a, I've, I, to be fair, I've never been in a situation where I'm presented with, do I use the pronouns? Do I not use the pronouns? Okay. I would venture up to say, I would probably just call that person by their name, sure. whatever name they're asking me to call them, yeah. you know? Yeah. So unpack where you're at with yeah. the pronouns thing and, and how did you come to that conclusion? Um, let me begin. Yeah, that there's there's been more recent articles on it, which is interesting. I published a book on the trans conversation called Embodied, and I have a whole chapter on like bathrooms, pronouns, mm-hmm. and, and so on. So and that was two and a half years ago. Um, and I've written on it before that. So this isn't, I don't know why it's flaring up now, but um, yeah, there's been some recent articles written that I think um very much misrepresent or, or the, the, my, at the very least underrepresent my actual argument. Let me begin by saying, I think it's complicated. Um, I, I think this is not a black and white. Here's the right response. Here's the wrong response. It, it is very complicated because language is complicated mm-hmm. and, and interacting in a secular society with a Christian worldview where language is shared social, social space between me and my worldview and this person who has a completely different worldview. Like it, that's, that's a, that compl- the language is com- that's complex. It's that's a complex shared social space. Mm-hmm. So part of my goal is to help people to appreciate the complexity. Mm-hmm. So whichever wherever you end up landing on it, be a little less dogmatic, maybe, mm-hmm. and, and be like try to understand where somebody else is coming from. So I spent like ten pages on this in, in my book. The first five pages is just that, like showing here's the good arguments for this side, good good arguments for that side. You know, the big ar- argument against pronoun use is, you know, you're lying to them or mm. you're, one of my friends says, I'm, I, I don't want to feed someone's delusion, you mm. know, which I'm like, I, I get what you're saying. Maybe that phrase isn't, I've never won someone to Christ by calling them delusional. But, um, uh, the other side is that, you know, we're kind of meeting people where they're at, not demanding that they use language in a way that resonates with our worldview. Mm. And it's, it's a give and take, like, mm. and there are certain, I'm a big fan of Orwell's uh, 1984, you know, where langu- language is when people start manipulating language and forcing people to use terms. Like I'm very concerned about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not naive to that, mm-hmm. but on an interpersonal level, I have landed on the view having thought through it, you know, uh, that I will in, a, in an attempt to meet someone where they're at, use the pronouns they, they want every single trans. So let me say this, every single trans person that I know in my life that came to Christ and ended up either detransitioning or some weren't fully transitioned anyway, who now are fine using people using their pronouns that match their biological, like now they're, you know, 
um, would identify with their biological hands down every single one said if that was forced on me mm. when i first came to christ or even not yet coming to christ mm. i would have ran the other way mm. i needed space to wrestle to be on a journey to to process this new way of thinking you know and in christians that didn't even go there with the, they just used my pronouns i wanted to be around them and then we walked to christ together and 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 my discipleship started to mature and and then i ended up saying yeah maybe i should use pronouns that match my biological mm. So pragmatically, I can make a really good argument that I think it's better in most cases to use someone's pronouns. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's necessarily lying to somebody unless I am saying I believe you like, so if I meet a biological female, they want me to refer to them as they, them, or he, him. I, I if I'm in relationship, I don't want to give the impression that I actually agree with mm -hmm. their view of themselves but I want to say, okay, here's, I believe pronouns should match your biological. That's my worldview. It's what I believe, you know, mm -hmm. hope you're okay with me believing that now as a gesture of hospitality, I will, this is obviously very important for you. So mm -hmm. I will use your pronouns, but I don't, I, I don't want to give the impression that I am fully agreeing with everything they yeah. believe about themselves. Yeah. So, and if they demand that I do agree with it, that's not, no relationship can be healthy. If the, if one party demands you agree with everything they believe, especially yeah. if it's something that's not accurate, you yeah. know, not scientific. So well, anyway, I, I think that that's the short version of a very long complex. <laughs> I think the complicated part is even the 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 non-binary. I yeah. was talking to a friend of mine, and he we have an a we have a mutual acquaintance uh, that I don't really speak to anymore. And he they were telling me that they use this like we they oh, yeah. language. That's hard, that's, you know. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, he tell we're on our way, and he's like, wait, who are you bringing with you? And he's like, no, bro. Yeah pronouns and he's yeah. like oh my bad you know <laughs> it's like well, like if you're yeah. if you're using this like we they you know it just yeah. it almost becomes incoherent at times to even engage in a yeah you know like like yeah. if i've like whenever you read an article about someone that identifies as non-binary yeah. and you're like wait they like what yeah. like yeah. hold on and it's like oh no that's the person's yeah pronouns yeah. it's and, and i i don't the, one of the biggest questions is how much of this is like medical and scientific and how much is social mm -hmm. and well, some people use the word trendy. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll also, you know, my daughter was in a theater class a few years ago, you know, a bunch of 13 year old girls, you know, and I think, I think she said of the 15 kids, like 13 of them had alternative pronouns. Okay. Wow. Now, according to the, <laughs> now, according to the DSM, the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders, the, the latest edition, 2013, 0.014% of people had a diagnosis of gender dysphoria, like a wow. clinical diagnosis. It's pretty okay. rigorous. Like they have to match, yeah. I forget, five or six of 10 criteria to be diagnosed with this psychological condition. Uh -huh. So when you have like, you know, 50 to 75% of say junior high girls using, using alternative pronouns, mm -hmm. do they all experience clinically diagnosed gender dysphoria? Mm -hmm. I, I Probably unlikely. Probably unlikely. Yeah. Is it, could it be socially in certain environments, contagious, call it trendy, call it maybe just social, social influences at work? I mean, you gotta have your head in the sand to say, oh no, this yeah. is all just, so I, a part of me is kind of like, it, it is difficult. I don't think, especially they, them will catch on as kind of this normal societal thing. It just, it doesn't, God, it's etched in the design of creation, male and female, creation, are binary mm -hmm. okay um personalities aren't binary but biological 
this is binary. So I, I just, I don't think it's going to, in my opinion, last yeah. very I, long. I went down the rabbit hole of the scholarly data we have on this specific mm. conversation. And from what I read is that there's not a lot to support this idea that it's genetic, meaning mm. that if you yeah. look at um, the brain with people who identify with the opposite gender, mm. that there's nothing in their brain matter mm. that shows that their brain is the opposite gender. So mm. if you take like, because if this was right. if this was real and objective and scientific, then you would take someone that's a trans man, mm -hmm. and their brain would look like, or right. aspects of his brain would look like a man's yeah. brain, right? Mm -hmm. And the only time that happens is after hormone replacement uh, treatment. Does the Bible support same-sex marriage? That's a question that many people are wrestling with today, and there's you know people who hold passionately to different answers to this question. Now, most dialogues about same-sex marriage, they end with divisiveness and confusion instead of clarity and a better understanding of the other person's position and even a better understanding of your own position. This is why I wrote a book titled, Does the Bible Support Same-Sex Marriage? 21 Conversations from a Historically Christian Perspective, which comes out uh, in August uh, this summer. So what I do in this book is I first talk about how Christians should even go about having you know, a profitable conversation about contentious issues. I really want us to cultivate a better posture in how we even go about defending our points of view or trying to refute others. I then lay out a biblical and theological case for the historically Christian view of marriage. And then for the rest of the book, I take what I see as the top 21 arguments for same-sex marriage, and I respond to each one in a way that's both thoughtful and thorough. Some of these arguments are, you know, since some people are born gay, then God must allow for same-sex marriage. Or, you know, the word homosexual was only recently added to the Bible. Or the traditional view of marriage is harmful to gay and lesbian people. And, and many other arguments that I wrestle with in this book, Does the Bible Support Same-Sex Marriage? So if you're looking for a theologically precise and nuanced approach to these arguments, one that doesn't, you know, straw man the other view to make it look bad, then I would encourage you to please check out my book, Does the Bible Support Same-Sex Marriage? You can order it now on Amazon or wherever books are sold. So it's like yeah. they have to get on testosterone and, and inject themselves to then develop the characteristics yeah. and the and the brain differentiation. But pre- uh, hor uh, what what is it the therapy called the hormone hormone replacement therapy, therapy. or yeah 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 there's no yeah. there's no brain difference of, of, of a yeah. trans brain versus a, a non trans it, well it's it's it is complicated I have a whole chapter on it's called the brain theory yeah and in, in my book on trans called embodied I have a whole chapter and I spent more time researching for that chapter than any other chapter I've yeah. ever written in my entire life because yeah. it's there's been data for well because it, it's, it's it's linked to the question that's a hundred year old scientific question on do men and women have different brains right even that. Um, there's general differences in, in things, but you don't, the, the, the consensus seems to be that our brains in general are not sexually dimorphic like our bodies are. Yep. Um, there are general patterns of difference, yep. but they're kind of based on stereotypes too. Like there's definitely stereotypes, but there's also the reality of just testosterone. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. testosterone. That affects the, your, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you, if you have a guy and the average man is walking around with 10 X, the testosterone of the right. average woman, which is, if you have a healthy dose of testosterone, <laughs> yeah. that's what it is. That's a huge yeah. difference. 
in terms of how you're going to navigate, operate your degree of uh, competitiveness, yeah. your aggression, your drive, like all of that stuff yeah. is going to be different. Now, yeah. to your point, how much can that be shown on a brain scan? Apparently, yeah. from the from the from the article I saw, that they see it, the brain changing post the 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 yeah. hormone therapy. It, yeah. There's, it's hard because there's been there's been a lot of studies done on it, and they're all can be very highly politicized. So it's mm -hmm. almost like you have to read ten studies and yeah. get get the rare <laughs> get a scientist who doesn't have a dog in the fight, which sure. is pretty rare. And sure. and but yeah, having combed through all those, there there doesn't uh, even the ones that did argue for brain differences, yeah. they're yeah. I, I think the overreach in both their methodology and and and, and like that is this post transition mm -hmm. post testosterone is yeah. it or even you know. Uh, our brains are elastic. Like mm -hmm. New York cab drivers, there was a study done on New York cab drivers that their hippocampus, I think, is bigger than the average person because mm. life actually reshapes your brain and restructures your wow. brain. So it's kind of a chicken and egg situation. Mm. Like did living as a trans in a trans identity, is that because of your brain or did that actually mm. reshape your brain? And it almost it's like almost impossible to tell. So yeah. I think people are starting to back off some of the brain studies because yeah. it's just, you can't really yeah. prove much from it. But. Yeah, now- it sounds like a lot of what your work does is just advocate for extending dignity and and empathy mm -hmm. to people from this community. Is that a fair way? I would way? say half of what I do is that. The other half is theologically um, defending, articulating, responding to questions around yeah. uh, same marriage and, and same your, sexuality. your background in terms of your doctorate is mm -hmm. in new testament yeah. Yeah. studies right yeah. Yeah. yeah so so yeah. your background is in that and so so half of it is hey we need to extend empathy and mm -hmm. love to these people mm -hmm. we need to not otherize them and and, right. and and discard them and then the other half is almost like an apologetic yeah. for a yes. christian ethic yes yes and i'm not a debater i'm not an apologist like you are but i i get questions all the time so in fact the, the book that just came out or is coming out. Uh, does the Bible support same sex marriage? It is, it is a, it, it is a, um, it is my, me responding to all the counter arguments to mm -hmm. the traditional view. So, what are some of those counter arguments? Like, there's um, there's twenty one in the book. Twenty one in the book. Yeah. Um, what are the most popular? We don't have okay, to go over yeah, all twenty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the most popular ones is that when the New Testament writers, specifically Paul, um, prohibits same sex relationships, mm -hmm. the only kind of relationship that was available in the first century were relationships of power and abuse and older men on younger boys. And he's so, really condemning pedophilia. Pedophilia. He's not, he's not condemming, yeah. uh, mon uh, what is it? A, a monogamous right, right, covenantal right. relationship. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, that one is, it used to be popular among scholars till they realized the data doesn't really support it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but I still as hear if, it as if they did not have monogamous, had, uh, relationships in, yeah. in, in antiquity. Well, it, it, well, and to be fair, when it comes to male same relationships, if you look at Greco-Roman literature, um, you look at the environment, the overwhelming majority were between men of power differences, rape, abuse, master, yeah. slave, you yeah. know, older man, younger boy. Um, the majority are, but there's exceptions. Well, number one, there's exceptions to that. Number two, female same relationships were or the opposite. It was mm. between adult consenting adults. So mm -hmm. like in Romans one, Paul leads with mm -hmm. female same relationships and then says, likewise, the men. Mm. So the fact that he also prohibits female same relationships shows that we can't be exclusively thinking of domineering kind of abusive. And there's nothing in Paul's language. Yeah. There's, he never, he isn't, he isn't concerned about age differences when yeah. he uh, yeah. talks about these relationships. So yeah. Um, and, and then I've also heard, Oh, and it's Romans one. And he says, it's shameful. Yeah. 
in the same way that it is shameful for a man to have long hair. That's yeah. the word that they're used. So he's not saying it's a sin. He's just saying, eh, yeah, it's shameful. Yeah. That's an argument yeah, I've yeah. heard. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because he does bring in nature when it comes to long hair right. in First Corinthians 11. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's one, that's one argument. Um, another one is that, you know, um, one of the ones that comes up is like, you know, well, what about like polygamy in the Old Testament or like this whole idea of a biblical marriage is like, biblical marriage is kind of super messy all over the Bible, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So like why, you know, why, why, why pick on this one or whatever? But it's not, it's kind of like a red herring a little bit. It's kind of like, well, it's messy everywhere. So, but I'm like, well, yeah, but if you go back to creation, Genesis one and two, mm-hmm. yes, even polygamy was a departure from mm-hmm. the creational design. That's yep. Jesus's point in Matthew 19, right? Right. right. From, Divorce was allowed or whatever, you know, because of the hardness of your heart. But from the beginning, it was not so. Mm-hmm. Like, D- Jesus' ethic goes back to the creational design. Yep, yep. So that's what we need to do, follow Jesus' yeah. example. So um, love is love is, is an argument. Um, probably the most popular one is, isn't the traditional view of marriage harmful toward gay and lesbian people? And that's probably the longest response okay. because I wanted to look at both the logic of the argument and also even, like, sociologically, is there people often cite studies of, you know, just to, to try to prove that. So um, saying, saying traditional view of marriage, yeah. I believe in a one man, one woman yeah. relationship covenant, everything else is out. Friends with benefits are out. Yep. Being married in your heart is out. Yep. Telling God, telling Polyamory, you, yep. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. God saying it's okay for you to sleep with your girlfriend mm-hmm. is out. All yep. of it is out. Porn, masturbation, yep. all yep. of it is out. And they say that holding to a one man, one woman marriage is harmful, harmful, harmful. towards same sex marriage. Yes. Oh, it's harmful towards somebody who is gay, is attracted to the same and is trying to follow Jesus. Like somebody who's exploring Christianity, is in a Christian environment, maybe mm-hmm. they're committed to Jesus. Um, that if they're told that they cannot marry somebody and have sex with somebody that matches their orientation, then mm-hmm. then that's that's harmful. Mm-hmm. What I mean, and I give you know several responses to that. One of the things it kind of does, though, is it is, it, it kind of um, it kind of resurrects purity culture type stuff hmm. that like until I get married and have like I just can't be a happy person, a fulfilled mm. person. So, mm-hmm. um, so I I kind of address that a little bit in in that argument that um, you know. Because to say it's harmful means let's just broaden that logic out. It mm-hmm. means if I'm not married to the person I desire, mm-hmm. I'm not, I can't live a flourishing, happy life. Mm. Now, purity, we did, we definitely sent that message loud and hard. Yeah, we tried that. throughout purity culture, oh, yeah. and we messed yeah. a lot of people up. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, I, and and the main question isn't does this seem like a harmful thing. The main question really is is it is it true? Did the creator who designed us to be sexual beings what is his design and how yeah. do we know, you know, yeah. so try to get, take us back to scripture. But. Yeah. What, what do you feel is, do you, do you think the argument just strictly from natural law mm. is the, is the, one of the strongest arguments? Obviously G, what Jesus says is ultimately the, the final, Yeah, you know what I mean? The yeah. argument Romans one, hard to argue with Romans one, when there's specific yeah. acts being dis, you know, just, uh, discussed. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but I think just the practicality of, us reproducing as a species mm-hmm. to continue our species sounds like a fairly mm-hmm. straightforward, Hey, natural law just points us yeah. in this direction. 
And that seems like the strongest argument. And I have a rebuttal to it that I'll, yeah. I'll share with yeah, you later. Yeah. But what do you, what do you think about that? Just, just I, on the surface. So the, a lot of Catholic scholars have done great work. Yeah. I was thinking St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And, and, um, one more recently, um, Ryan T. Anderson is a conservative, conservative Catholic scholar who mm-hmm. argues for traditional marriage mm-hmm. without quoting the Bible. Like it's mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. natural law. And it's, it's a good, it's a good argument. I think for me, um, I do think that special revelation resonates with general revelation that mm-hmm. God's revealed design and the word will, will also resonate with creation. Mm-hmm. We see this in wisdom literature, especially mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. You, they're drawing on creation, you know, go to the ant, you sluggard, you can see that God has wired creation in a way to reflect his design. Mm-hmm. So I agree with all that for me in terms of like an argument, I do see reliance simply on natural law. There, there's too many exceptions to the rule that make it difficult, I think, for an argument. Because I think a, a lot of the intelligent, um, more progressive people that I talk to, you know, they always point out exceptions, you know, that yeah, like, yeah. you know, infertility, yes. um, uh, uh, marriage and old age, you know, or like, uh, should we even have contraceptions, you know? And, yeah. um, so there's always these kind of like exceptions to the rule that, that I think can, yeah, they just kind of throw a wrench sometimes if you're relying on natural law solely as, yeah. as an argument. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Not, not solely, but just, just, I mean, just looking at the design of the body parts, Yeah, you know, and just go, right. yeah. what, how, yeah. what, it looks like this was designed in a way, oh, and a baby comes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and obviously not every time yeah. the act happens, a baby has to come, yeah. but it's pretty straightforward. The only rebuttal I've really heard to that. Obviously, there's the, you know, what you pointed out, which is like, well, what about old age? What about this? Well, it's the plumbing is still the same, even right. if there's not a baby that comes with that. But I've heard like, well, it's not in nature all the time. There's these animals that exhibit these other things. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't, humans are different. Are we going to take our sexual ethic from watching animals? Right. Because animals with? do all kinds of weird <laughs> stuff. As some animals eat their own poop, you yeah. know, there's all kinds of bizarre things that happen yeah. with animals. So I've heard that as like a, yeah. but there's, these kind of animals that that animals that exhibit this as well, yeah. you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, but that's a little different than yeah. humans, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, we can get into details. We probably don't even want to wander into like specific, um, yeah, like sexual acts or whatever. And sure. but yeah, so I, I, I would, I would agree that uh, yeah, the human body does reflect. God's design as revealed in scripture yeah. that resonates with the traditional view of marriage. It, it is those exceptions to the, um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let me ask you this and we're, we're going to go to some questions from the yeah. Patreon community here. Yeah. I see the chat. So if you guys got questions, feel free to drop them in. How does a Christian engage with the idea of marriage? Right. Yeah. Because some Christians have taken a more libertarian approach of like, well, this doesn't really affect my marriage. Mm. Um, so what does it matter if they're allowed to legally get married? So in terms right? of the legal question, the of, legal okay, question, yeah, right. Yeah. And then there's also others that have been like, yeah, well, we took our hand off this and allowed this to happen. And now they're trying to teach to first and second yeah. graders in the social studies class, the history <laughs> and how this is the same yeah. as heterosexual marriage. Right. So where do you land on that? Is mm-hmm. it, is it like, do you take a more libertarian approach of like, yeah, it doesn't really affect Christians. Yeah. Let them get married or do you say, yeah, but when we open the doors to this or like yeah. it's not optimal to allow this legally to happen? What, 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 what would you I, say? I, I, my response is both wet cement and co- maybe complex. So I'm not going to have a 
a real black and white passionate response because I think I think it really deals. Well, we would first need to deal with what does it mean to be a Christian living in a secular society? What is our role, our influence um, in living in a secular society? I think sometimes are we trying to take America back for God? Was it ever for God? Are we, or as I say, are we exiles in Babylon? And when Babylon does Babylonian things, are we kind of like, yeah, well, it's Babylon. What do you, yeah, what do you yeah, expect? Yeah. You know, I, I would lean more to the latter. To the latter, yeah. Um, at the same time, I do believe that God's created design is good for creation. So mm-hmm. when creation, when nations, when peoples depart from the creator's design, that will not go well, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. So do I think legalizing marriage is actually good for a society? No. Mm-hmm. Um, did I freak out when it was legalized in 2015? Not really. I kind of yawned in a sense. Cause I'm like, it's hard enough to live out my Christian faith with the spirit of God. People that aren't even coming with a Christian ethic. Like it's not shock. Maybe that's what it is. It's not shocking to me when yeah. secular people live out a secular ethic. Yes. Um, so I, that's the tension I battle. And yet I do think God's, the creator's design is good for creation, but I assume most of creation won't follow that, mm-hmm. you know? So what do you, I would love, cause I mean, you, you think more about, that's intersection, intersection with politics yeah. and faith and stuff. So I, I oh man, I can be convinced I, either, either. I did. I uh, <laughs> I can. So let me, so let me say, I can never vote for like yes. something that doesn't resonate with God's design. Absolutely. That, that's yeah. Yeah. Well, I I'm in California, and the fact that w- in 2008 California banned it when we voted for, it, which is really that's odd. This yeah, is a trip. Check this out. Yeah. We banned same marriage in 2008. Is that prop prop eight? Prop or, eight. Yeah. Yeah. And we allowed, we voted in the a teenager's right to have an abortion without their parents' knowledge. In the same year? The same year, the same vote. <laughs> so talk wild. about how yeah. wild California was yeah. at that time, right? Like we're okay with 13, 14, 15, 16-year-olds having abortions and the parents not needing to know, right? Mm-hmm. Versus, uh, but we were against this as a state, right? Which... Yeah. It's really interesting. So I voted against both. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is both bad. Uh, uh. It's both evil. Um, I think there's a tension, legally speaking, if two consenting adults in a pluralistic secular society want to be together, yeah. uh, d- should they not have the rights to, I don't know, file jointly on their mm. taxes? Should they not have the right to uh, bedside death uh, rights or whatever? Yeah. Right? There's certain legalities, uh, I don't know, um, having... Um, uh, a retirement plan that can be taken. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all those things. I think there's a precedent to say, hey, I can't let my faith dictate the legality of other people's yeah. relationships. That's That doesn't seem huh. right, right? And I would acknowledge that. I, I don't think that's fair yeah. to folks in that type of environment, what they want to do within their personal lives. And then I go, yeah, but you know what? Jesus said, you know, it's like, yeah, well, right. That, like try to force a Christian ethic on yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Now, in terms of like calling it marriage, I definitely think that that's a, a a bit tricky, you know. But I also can see the argument that like we've called a lot of goofy things marriage, hmm. you know. There's yeah. <laughs> a lot of folks that shouldn't be getting married that are getting <laughs> married, uh, but in their natural state, they could at least come to Jesus yeah. and then continue staying married and work on their marriage, and that could bring immense glory to God at some point. Whereas if someone's 
in the same marriage. Mm-hmm. Like that there's no real room for that, yeah, right? Yeah. And then it gets even more complicated if there's kids involved and all. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then I'm just like, holy moly, man! There's just layers on layers. So I, mm-hmm. uh, I would, I would tend to be of the position that there should be some legal protections allowed. Uh, while saying let's not call this marriage okay. because that's not that's not that's not what this is. That seems right? reasonable to me. Now, like I do, I would probably lean libertarian on on most questions that deal with eth- ethical questions. Um, but yeah, with marriage, we are now dealing with something that is prim- primarily, first and foremost, a theolog- a profoundly theological institution. This is where I, um, I, I would prefer that the the state would stay out of the marriage yeah. conversation. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, well, but, but the state doesn't. And, and, and to be fair, the yeah. state rewards families sure. and it rewards, you know, mm-hmm. having kids to certain degrees. Like it, yeah. there's definitely an incentive structure, whether it's taxes or whatever. So that's where I go. I just, ah, man, that's, yeah. that's, that, that's complicated. You know? So like if the state is going to be involved, mm-hmm. which should they be rewarding? In my opinion, they should be rewarding people staying married okay. longer, having more, sure kids you know like there should be yeah. practical things that we should be rewarding if the state's going to reward anything mm. that's that's kind of how i would like so for it. you it's just uh calling it marriage like call it a civil union and then yeah you, which you, is you, where you i thought and, we yeah. were all at i thought everyone yeah. was on the same page joe biden obama hillary yeah, i yeah, think yeah. everybody was like yeah they got civil unions they'll be fine right and then all of a sudden it was like no it has to be marriage and it's like okay so now you're yeah. saying it's the same it's not the same don't let's not call it the same. It's yeah. not the same. It's not. It's not the huh. same. You know. So that's that's kind of how I look at it's it. It seems to me some of the more radical uh, feminists, many of whom are also lesbians, would would almost agree that like they see marriage as a whole a heteronormative institution. Anyways, mm-hmm. like why are we fighting to be crammed into this conservative institution anyway? Like right. let's just yeah. do our thing. I don't. I don't. Say, I don't yeah. get it. I, I yeah. really don't get it. I, I again, I think it goes back to that line between acceptance and affirmation. Mm-hmm. I could accept you. I can love you. I could have you over for the barbecue. We can go do mm-hmm. activities together. We can hang out. But there's a line between like, I accept these things about you versus like, I now have to right. affirm these right, things right. about you. If I go to my family's house and they have a couple uh, too many drinks, mm-hmm. I could accept that. I'm, yeah. I'm Armenian for crying out loud. You know, <laughs> we came from the Soviet Union. Like they drink. <laughs> But I got to affirm that, you right. know, I got I got to go out of the way and say, yeah, you should have another glass of wine mm-hmm. while I'm sitting there right. not drinking anything. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't make any uh, sense to me. Right. And yeah. so, like, if I don't if I don't affirm everything about my own family, what makes you think right. I'm going to affirm yeah. this 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 thing that well, you want to call a marriage? What does that look know? like? Like for you, would you not refer to, say, a same couple was husband and husband or would you not use marital language or is that would you just concede and say well this is the secular society we're living in so i'm just gonna even though i don't agree with it i'll just kind of oh that's a good one i think it goes back to pronouns right like i i would probably say partner okay partner right i don't know if i would say husband that's an interesting question i've never really thought about again i haven't been presented with a lot of these yeah, yeah. dilemmas and how to practically yeah. deal with them, you know? I think a lot of them involve a lot of gray area. And that's yeah. what I think we all should appreciate that we're dealing with this complex interaction, yeah. Christians living in a secular society. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's interesting. What do you, what do you make of the affirming theology mm-hmm. and Zach always says a little bit of Jesus is better than no Jesus. Right, like, like if there's a little bit of Jesus yeah. they're hanging on to by a thread, then it's better than no Jesus. But then the argument could be made that it's a counterfeit Jesus. Is yeah. it the Jesus of the Bible? Right, if you're holding on to this 
Jesus that allows you to do anything and live any kind of way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is is that the authentic Jesus? <clears throat> That's another. <laughs> I, I go back and forth on that. I would probably lean more towards the latter that um, having a distorted, if it's a distorted view of Jesus. No, so I want to make a distinction here between, like I know people who are affirming, they affirm same marriage, but everything else about their theology, their life would feel very just almost evangelical. You mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. they talk about the gospel, they talk about repentance. They just have a disagreement on this ethical question. Now I'll be the first one to say, this is a significant disagreement. Yeah. This is chapter 20 in my book. Mm-hmm. Is this an agree to disagree issue? And I say, I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. I think this is a very important part of the storyline of scripture. It's yeah. the basic essence of what marriage is. Yeah. So it's not a minor disagreement. Yeah. Um, but if somebody says, I get this question a lot of parents saying my, my kids affirming um, and they want to go, the, the only kind of church they can go to is an affirming church. Is that a good thing? You know, and I, I want to make a distinction. If it's if it's if it's a kind of church where Jesus is hardly mentioned, it's just a social club. There's no residue of the gospel at all. Mm-hmm. I almost see that as more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Better to not, yeah. Versus maybe an environment where they are hearing the word of God. They're not getting just affirming messages every Sunday, you know. Um, but I say, okay, that that I I think it's probably better than no church at all. But mm. to be in a church where the gospel is just either so distorted, I think that can almost be worse than not being a church at all, personally. Yeah. But I, I I could change yeah. my view tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's I got a buddy that I'm going to have on that more or less affirms all the essentials of Christianity yeah. and the early creeds, but he is affirming. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know what to do with you, man. Like, I don't know what I categorize. Now, I think this is a parallel, so forgive me if I'm, sounds like I'm all over the place, but... I think someone that doesn't affirm Jesus as God Almighty yeah. is following a counterfeit sure. Jesus, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So if you're like, uh, yeah. Jesus was a lowercase g God. Yeah. Jesus was created. Mm-hmm. Jesus is not God eternal. Jesus is not Yahweh, right? I think I go, ooh. Right. That's that's tricky because we see Jesus taking on mm-hmm. all the attributes of God Almighty repeatedly. Yeah. You see Hebrews 1 refer uh, in the Psalm that Hebrews 1 is referring to, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. Yahweh talking to Yahweh, yeah. right? Uh, and so we see this. So, so I would go, man. If someone is not affirming Jesus as Yahweh, they're they probably yeah, yeah. following a counterfeit. And I would hope that they would repent and land in the sure. right place. So that's where I go with this issue. I, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one because mm-hmm. you might be following the Jesus of Yah, like the the Jesus is God Almighty. But this is such a huge mm-hmm. kind of distinction that people yeah. make with their theology, and yeah. it, it becomes tricky. Yeah, in in most cases. In, again, anecdotal, but like in my experience, when evangelical churches shift their view on marriage, mm-hmm. in most cases, in many cases at least, I've seen they do. And I'm not a I, I, I'm not a slippery slope guy. I don't mm-hmm. like always using the argument. In this case, it is again anecdotally mostly true that other, I would say, important theological commitments end up kind of going yeah. by the wayside. Yeah, in my experience, I've seen people start from this point and then get to the point of, yeah, the bodily resurrection even happened. I don't know. Maybe it was a mm-hmm. metaphor, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We've completely deconverted off the rails. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Man. I don't know how, like, I, they, they consist like the, again, not trying to use a slippery slope as an argument, but just as a logical deduction. Like, I think, I don't know how you can affirm 
marriage and not also affirm polyamory mm-hmm. more than you know multiple partners mm-hmm. yeah. consensual in a marriage if it all comes down to harm and consent and if this mm-hmm. is a consenting threesome foursome or whatever yeah. um what makes you've already said that when the two become one flesh it doesn't need to be male and female why does it need to be two anymore mm-hmm. then, you know so yeah. I, and people i used to say this a few years ago and people were like ah slippery slope you're just mm-hmm. fear i'm like but now it's like i'm getting the same people saying oh i'm having l- what we were going through with the LGBT conversation five years ago, we're now going through with polyamory because oh, yeah. we're getting oh, yeah. throuples and you yeah. know people coming to church now and yeah. and claiming this is an orientation and this yeah. is how God made it. all the same kind of yeah. arguments. So yeah, I I um, see that way more prevalent. Mm. I see that a lot more prevalent, especially in the men's rights spaces. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with the, <laughs> a little bit, re, yeah. the red pill and all <laughs> yeah, the, like, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of dudes out there <laughs> that feel entitled because they think they're a high value man to have multiple partners. And wow. that's, that's, I mean, it's borderline going mainstream. Is that like know? Andrew Tate? Like Andrew that Tate. Whole? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Andrew Tate. Um, <laughs> you know, and then there's like this weird overlap with Islam, you know, cause you could have in certain of Islam, you could have up to four wives. And so wow. there's some overlap there, but no, there's a lot of guys that are like, yeah, I mean, I I feel like I can take care of multiple women. What's the big deal, yeah, you know? And that's yeah. definitely being yeah. more and more mainstream. I, uh, I I got a buddy, an acquaintance who was in a situation where they attempted that because he found out that the person he was with was, um, you know, had same attractions, mm-hmm. and so they attempted this like scenario, and mm-hmm. it just blew up and was really, 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 really bad. That's the most common scenario that I've seen is usually like a heterosexual. Oftentimes it's been a guy and Mm -hmm. his wife or girlfriend comes out as bisexual Mm -hmm. and says, I need a same partner to fulfill. So it becomes kind of a a same relationship and then an opposite. Then it can kind of go anywhere in many different directions from there. But yeah, I I think (laughs) those aren't going to end well. I, yeah. But let me bounce this off of you. This is yeah. this is this is an interesting one. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. So there are parts of the world. And I think Got Questions did an article on this. So this is not me yeah. like pontificating off of just. But Got Questions, which is a fairly conservative site, uh, had an article about polygamy mm-hmm. and how there are parts of the world where polygamy is legal, mm-hmm. and there is a gentleman who mm-hmm. has multiple wives gets saved and the question becomes does he need to end those and and how does he end those and how does he is it the first one that's the only one or is it his favorite right like is it the one where the kids are the smallest right how do you how do you navigate that conversation and i got got questions i should really look this up so to make sure i don't misquote them Mm -hmm. um but got questions basically landed at like it's kind of a question of conscience for mm. for him and his environment. Can he financially provide for all of them? Are they all okay? Yeah. And and yeah, what do you think of that? Why so, you answer that? I'm gonna look it up just to make sure I'm not butchering okay, okay, yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I actually had a, a friend of mine, missionary, who was a missionary to northern um, Nigeria back in the '60s, and apparently, I don't know if it's still the case, but it was a very, it was a polygamous society, and uh, um, he faced this exact question. He had Con people coming to Christ who had multiple wives and yeah. So he, he had to wrestle with it. one of the, one of the things he said is that what makes this complex is it's so etched into the fabric of society. It's not, you're not dealing with just some individual 
living in some sinful life. Yeah. You're dealing with the whole, the fabric of society. And you mentioned it in passing. It's not that he's just having, it's not like a primarily even a sexual thing. It's yeah. a, it's a power thing. It's also a prestige thing. It's also an economic thing. Mm-hmm. He's got these women who are being supported financially. Mm-hmm. And if he just dropped them all, mm-hmm. you have this, you would have this huge other issue. So the mediating position they took is, um, I think they worked towards, I don't know if it was like an instant, like here's the demand, but mm-hmm. it was working towards him having one of his wives as a sexual partner. Mm. Um, so he's being sexually faithful to her, abiding by a sexual ethic, but not divorcing the other women, mm. but just keeping them like supporting them, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. they're still living in the house or doing household yeah, chores yeah, 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 and everything. Yeah, yeah. Cause that was another thing he said, oddly enough, in his experience, it was the first wife who asked for another wife because mm-hmm. in a very patriarchal kind of culture, she had all this housework, all this stuff. And she just wanted help. She also Whoa. wanted someone to talk to because in that culture, Whoa. it wasn't like the husband's coming home, listening to her feelings. And yeah. so it wasn't, uh, <laughs> it was complicated, man. Yeah. It was, it was, so you have to understand the cultural yeah. and societal complexity of it. But I, I think that was probably the approach I would, I would take yeah. trying to balance being faithful to the, a Christian ethic, but also so be be, be intimate with one wife. Yes, but, and, yeah. and who do you pick? I don't. I, yeah, yeah. I well, let's know. look at what God question says. So this yeah. is a trip. Uh, so let me show you the question uh, real quick. This is uh, I wasn't expecting this answer. They're, they're I think they're more progressive than you are. And God questions is extremely <laughs> conservative. If a man has multiple wives and became a Christian, what is he supposed to do? So if a man has multiple wives and became a Christian, what is he supposed to do? If polygamy is illegal where he lives, he should do whatever is necessary to submit to the law while still providing for his wives and children. If polygamy is legal, but he is convicted that it is wrong, he should divorce all but one wife. Again, he must not neglect providing for all of them and their children. So the divorce, he's still providing. He's just technically not married. Okay. Yeah. They are uh, his responsibility. If polygamy is legal and he has no conviction against it, he can remain married to each of his wives, treating each one with love, dignity, and respect. A man who makes this decision would be barred from church leadership, but it cannot be said that he is an explicit violation of any command in Scripture. Yeah, I disagree with that last part. But but it cannot be said that he is in violation. So you would do disagree with that? I would disagree with that because I think he's, people take kind of a, and I don't want to, I don't want to assume this about the author or whatever, but like they, they, they take kind of a flat view of scripture of like, well, it's allowed in the old Testament. Yeah, so, yeah. um, and it's not outrightly condemned in the new Testament, except for, you know, can't be an elder, right. Mm-hmm. For Timothy mm-hmm. Titus. But again, I, I think the allowance in the old Testament was a departure from the creational design and, and Jesus in the, under the new covenant takes us back to the creational norm. So mm. rather than looking for, is it commanded like a, like as in thou shalt not, we also need to look at just God's design as a whole, rather than yeah. is it sin, not sin is our command is our chapter verse. Yeah. Clearly. What is Jesus, the, what is the virtue ethic being yeah. preached? Not what is the letter of yeah, the yeah, law? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. So I think Jesus, I think the command isn't in the form of a command in the Greek language specifically, but when Jesus yeah. takes us back to creation, yes. saying one man, one woman, one flesh union, uh, I think that's that's the standard, yeah. you know? Well, you're more conservative than God questions, my friend. <laughs> God questions is out here saying, look, yeah. man, if you ain't convicted, so, uh, live yeah. and let live. <laughs> I hope I'll, I, I've got, I've got, 
I'll get back-to-back emails accusing me of being too conservative, being too liberal. Like it's it's so funny. I, I'll hear assumptions about what people think I believe. I, I still have people to this day that think I affirm marriage. I've written two or three books saying not that, you know? So mm. anyway, it's funny. Yeah. So for my audience that thinks I'm going liberal, there, there you go. Yeah. That, <laughs> it's an interesting, it's an interesting question though, right? It is. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, okay. We're going to go to some of these questions and then I want to ask you an offline question. That's probably way too spicy okay. for, um, for YouTube. Okay. If I have a Christian or Catholic LGTV people, we call them, we say LGTV because we can't say LGBTQ on Is live that why on you YouTube. Do that? Yeah. I was wondering why. Yeah. And I, and I have an affinity for LGTV TVs. <laughs> All of our TVs are LGTV. I did not know that. That makes a lot of sense. We I was speak, like, how we, do you not know the acronym when I'm listening no, no, to no, we, we speak in code. Yeah. <laughs> LGTV people, what books should I direct them for the softest approach or? What is the best scripture to be gracious but firm in stance? I mean, I I I, I abhor self promotion. Okay? <laughs> it's okay, but my I would say other people. If I if I can get in this head of how other people answer this question, I think my book "People to Be Loved" mm. um, is exactly it's exactly that it. it, it it's a theological exploration. So it's like 70% like working through the text. Mm-hmm. Um, but woven throughout is loads of stories that we've shared. You know, I mean, the whole first chapter, people thought I was going to affirming because I was talking about gay people committing suicide in the church and we mm-hmm. need to do better, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I said, okay, let's look at what scripture says. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, um, it is, it has been kind of a go-to uh, book for people mm-hmm. under that category. That's so, good. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Well, there you go, you guys. Matthew, pick up pick up the latest. Uh, what, what was that book called? Uh, People to be loved. Why is not just an issue is the subtitle. That's good. That's good. Okay. Uh, this is a question I have for you. What do you make of Andy oh. Stanley <laughs> being ambiguous on this question <laughs> and seemingly saying some things privately yeah. with multiple, we've had multiple elders come out and say, this is what he said privately. He's yeah. open to doing one of these marriages. Hmm. Um, but publicly, he says, don't take people's church from them by coming out as affirming. Uh-huh. You got to be wise. And it seems like he's kind of playing both sides. And then seemingly, there's some affirming theology around kids that come out in the church. Mm. Seemingly, I don't want to speak yeah. too firmly. And so it's like, it seems like he kind of wants to play both, both sides yeah. of it. Um, I don't think that serves... The, the 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 people of his church well if the, if he's on the kind of like this ambiguous position and I don't think it serves that community well if they're not sure exactly where he lands on it okay. uh, what what's the, what say you so I let me give a few qualifications up front number one I I've, I don't think I've read more than twenty pages from Andy Stanley book I maybe re- listened to a couple messages so I, I don't follow uh, him from what I've heard and seen from what I have seen have a lot of respect for him as a, as a Christian leader, mm-hmm. as a communicator, he's off the chart from what I've seen. Um, and I've known people that have known him personally mm-hmm. and, and, um, and some of the criticism he's gotten, it, I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, ah, I don't know if he quite said that. Like, yeah. I think you're taking that in the worst possible direction. Yep. So I, I find myself in my heart at least kind of like, well, I maybe more standing up for him. Mm-hmm. Um, even the, the the recent clip that was that went around that two minute clip from something he said about gay people having more faith than other, I'm like if I look at the heart of what he's trying to say there, I'm like I, I probably agree with 
what he's trying to say yeah. there. Like, if, I'm like, it's, I, I, it's, if, if a gay person is coming to a church, they know is not affirming that shows a lot of faith. Yeah. Right? That's oh, kind of, yeah, that's yeah. kind of, or what, even what, like, that, he's, cause I could hear it yeah. that way. I, I understand what you're saying. And I think he was even saying like, look, if I ask for volunteers and he didn't make a distinction affirming or not, he's like, I'll ask the church and I get hardly anybody. And I'll ask gay people and I get lines out the door. People don't want to serve. And I think it was almost like this, like, Hey, you people who are all, you know, criticizing gay people, like, well, you step it up. Cause they're the ones jumping mm-hmm. in. Anyway, I, 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 in my best reading of that, I was like, okay, I, I, I think he's saying a lot of things here that I wouldn't disagree with. And um, so having said all that, I, I think he's, I, I, I think it could be absolutely more clear. Um, and I've been around this conversation enough. It feels like so many people I know that were raised conservative and then they kind of, their eyes are open to how the church has really messed up gay people. Mm-hmm. And then they go affirming. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's that. I don't know enough. I'm mm-hmm. not saying he will be that. I'm mm-hmm. saying he looks exactly, he looks like he's doing just that because he doesn't have that theological clarity to my mind that he's at least publicly expressing in the clips and stuff that I've seen. My, I would say my biggest concern or just something I'm just not really impressed with is um, his church is hosting a a conference on parents with LGBT kids. Mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm. And we've, our organization has produced resources. A huge part of our ministry is helping parents navigate this. But last time I checked, most of the speakers at that conference were all very publicly and some pretty aggressively affirming. Mm. I would be, I would go so far and I've hosted some of these like, like scholarly debates where you have people on this side, that side. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not against having diversity of opinion under a certain format, but I didn't see much diversity yeah. here. There was yeah. like one kind of conservative person, but they weren't a theologian, but then now yeah. all these like theological equipped people who mm-hmm. are affirming. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is utterly confusing. Unless you're just appealing to parents who are affirming or whatever, if that's what you're doing, then yeah. say it. And I could respect, disagree with, but respect kind of what you're doing. Yeah. But this just looks utterly confusing. Yeah. And I I think it's very un, unwise. I've had people that in my ministry say, parents with gay kids saying, I was incredibly disappointed. This is not helpful for a parent when there's not theological clarity. Mm. And again, if, 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 if you're affirming, then be affirming. Right. But when you say you're not affirming and then host a conference with a ton of affirming speakers who are going to sway the audience, like it's, it's, you're going to get an affirming perspective, then I just don't think that's helpful at all. So, yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. I saw that same conference thing and I was like, man, and I, and I, uh, I've, I've read Andy Stanley's, uh, deep and wide. I thought it was a really good work. Okay. Yeah. I read uh, Communicating for Change. Oh, yeah. That's the one I read. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's done a lot of really good work. Um, So I was kind of taking it back when he's like, Mm -hmm. I'm hearing all this stuff. And and then you're seeing kind of like the breadcrumbs of like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm really just like, man, just come out and own it. Like if this is what you're on. I hope it's not this. I hope it's not closeted. He's affirming, but he would lose a ton of people and money and church building. I hope it's not power and money and platform and size of church that is preventing him from coming out as affirming. I just don't have, I can imagine that would be a hard decision, but I'm like, I just, I, again, like you said, just if this is where you're at, then be where you're at and I can agree to disagree, you know, but um, I think that the unclarity is, is clarity is kindness. And I've, this is some, 
a big thing. And what I, when I help leaders work through this, I'm like, wherever you're at, just be consistent and be clear. Amen. When you're not clear, it's just, it's not con- people. It just confuses people. So, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, okay. I got two offline questions I want to okay. ask you. Uh, uh, shout out to memes for Jesus for just joining the stream. He said, Preston is the goat. That's my guy. <laughs> um, do you you have anything else you want to hit on on our on the public section of our conversation? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. But encourage people to check out my latest book. I wrote it to help. Um, yeah, I think there's so so many people were coming to me saying, "How do I respond to this? How do I respond to that? What about this? I'm reading this argument. I heard the word was added to the Bible, you know, 80 years ago. Is that true? So I pr- wrote this as a resource to help people. That's, that that that, so. that is the original word was effeminate men, which is probably harsher than right. <laughs> All of them are so the Greek words are sonakotes and malakoi in First Corinthians six nine, and there there hasn't been a great English translation of those two Greek terms until um, the last decade or so. Um, the CSB ES, ESV and CSB do a good job. The new NIV does a good job. In, anyways, there, it's. Um, what would be a better a translation? For a that? male who is having is having with another male. Okay. Yeah. Or a man having with another male is what I would pra- say. Someone that is practicing. Is engaging in a same relationship. And this is where a lot of people's concern. This is my concern with conservatives. They'll quote this passage saying, see, gay people won't inherit the kingdom of God. I'm like, well, this isn't talking about gay people, mm-hmm. as in my friends who are committed to celibacy out of allegiance to Jesus, but would still refer to themselves as gay. It's not talking about that. It's talking about somebody who is in an unrepentant, active, uh, same sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Or opposite. I mean, the whole passage talks about all kinds of ongoing yeah. unrepentant sin. So, yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.